0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details from the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to coach unplugged. And now your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy Tuesday, episode 713 of Basketball Coach Unplugged. Today we're going to do a three-parter because I think I talked to the coach almost two hours here, so we had to break it up into three different podcasts. Um, Talking to Brian Shea about coaching in New York City, about building a program and all those great things. But before we dive into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, teachheaps.com for coaches who want to get better resources, office hours. If nothing else, it's worth the 50 hours of on court basketball clinic from the last two years of coaches all around the country. Um, you know, a lot of people are doing the Zoom clinics right now, but um, and I'm selling this as a one off. But you can get it just as part of your TeachHoops.com membership and the one on one calls in the office hours. And I think last I think last Saturday I was booked from about 7 a.m. till about 2 p.m. just answering calls of TeachHoops.com members. So. Um, it's a great community. It's, it's, there's nothing like it on the web. Come over and join us. Also, go over and join the great people at Dr. Dish. They give so much back to the community of basketball in their videos and their online and, and obviously in their shooting machine. Um, mention Coach Unplugged and they'll give you $350 off your next purchase. All right, let's head off to the podcast. One. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I pulled Coach off a run. So where do you run in New York City before we get into the intro and stuff?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't run much anywhere. It's like the fourth run in my life. You
0: know? <laughs> okay. I thought you were a runner. I'm going, oh, yeah, you like,
1: like... That's, why I, that's why I said it was a slog of a runner. Okay, okay. I'm definitely not a runner. I, I never liked running without a basketball. Uh, all
0: I'm right. Like, it's not much you to do anymore. Because everyone that's listening is like seen Casey Neistat run around half of New York City. You know, it's like... No, I, <laughs> I,
1: made, I made it like a mile. Okay. I ran back.
0: I, I, I walked the dogs long. Uh, fu- uh, fu- uh, that's what I do. I take the dogs and they pull me along, so I'm moving faster than a walk. So, Coach, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Kind of tell you're you, you coach in New York, New York City, but. I'm going to have you kind of tell, introduce yourself, tell, tell the listeners about your kind of basketball journey, you know, starting back to your playing days and then just kind of working through where we're sitting here today. And, and then we'll talk about your program and building a program and all that fun stuff. Oh, that sounds good.
1: You know, my name is Brian Shea. I'm a physical education teacher and basketball coach from uh, Brooklyn, New York. I'm a, one of those rare, lifelong New York residents. I've lived in Brooklyn my entire life.
0: Oh, really? In Brooklyn?
1: Yeah, I live, in, I live in Brooklyn my entire life. I've actually, I've been outside of my, my you know, my, the house I grew up in since I was 22. I'm 30 now, but I've never lived more than like 15 minutes from where I grew up. Fun, fun fact to, to basketball junkies, I grew up in the same uh, neighborhood as Chris Mullen. I knew the entire Mullen family growing up. I used to go to their camps. I worked at their camps. Um, I, I still see some of his brothers all the time. How many brothers does he have? Uh, he had three brothers. Okay. Roddy, Roddy, Ter- Roddy, Terrence, and, and John okay um, roddy unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago i think and uh you know, Ter- terrence is still in the neighborhood so i see him you know a couple times a year nice guy like i said i i was the first basketball job i ever had was working at chris Mullins' camp when i was about 14 years old um same same gym that he shot in growing up uh, it's the same gym i played in st thomas aquinas uh, it's, a, it's a it's a staple in brooklyn uh, church basketball i guess you would say and right. I mean, he actually mentions it in this hall of fame speech
0: oh he does yeah right. he,
1: that's growing up on flatbush avenue at st thomas Aquinas.
0: God, he could shoot, man.
1: Oh, he, he came in one day after we <laughs> worked in the camp, and uh, he was wearing thong sandals. I'll never forget this, like the open-toe flip-flops. And he's like, can I shoot you guys? Like, you're Chris Mullen. You can do what you want. And uh, I think he made, like, 17 straight corner threes from, like, out of bounds in, like, the big one of the biggest gyms in Brooklyn. And just, like, conver- having a conversation, like, how did my son do today? He was great. <laughs> like,
0: it right. was unbelievable. What's he doing now? He was coaching for a while, wasn't he?
1: Uh, he was at St. John's. Um, for a couple of years, um, when basically when Shamari Pons was at St. John's. Yeah. Run, it was when Chris Mullen was the head coach. And, uh, you know, there was a big thing. He played there. He, You know, he was coming back and everything. And I don't think it worked out. No. how either side really expected it to. And uh, I don't think he's involved in the basketball at all right now. I know he was working as a an executive in a couple of different organizations.
0: NBAs right and stuff. Okay. Really right. no, so no. that's interesting that you, I mean, growing up in Brooklyn and staying in Brooklyn is interesting. That's an interesting Uh-oh. twist
1: all my life except people tell me i don't have the accent I no like you it. really
0: you don't you, you i mean i was telling you about the other coach the other coach had the accent you don't have the act you really don't like yeah, they do tell me i talk fast you don't have that like midwestern draw like we have um what uh all right so then what happened so you went to you went to school in brooklyn
1: i went to school in brooklyn i went to uh, i went to catholic school my entire life kindergarten and 12th grade i went to st thomas and then i went to pro okay. I, I played there for four years and uh I got recruited by a few different schools ended up going to Brooklyn College uh, like I said I've never left Brooklyn you know I was comfortable when I went on that visit and one of my one of the guys on the team had went to St. Edmonds a couple of years before I did and I knew him a little bit and played on some really good teams at Brooklyn College teams that won our conference championship a couple years in a row um, I didn't get a lot of time I played behind a lot of guards who scored a lot of points so uh, right. but uh I was a captain in my uh, my senior year and uh, I basically started my coaching journey you know I knew that I wanted to get into coaching basketball at whatever level I could when I was you know playing in college just like I always felt that I saw the game a little bit differently than you know maybe the average person did and um, you know it was something that I was passionate about and my college coach actually told me when when I was a freshman that he could see me taking over the program one day which kind of kind of really opened my eyes and maybe I was right about wanting to be. A- Have
0: you thought of making the step to, to college?
1: I actually started out as an assistant coach. I coached at Brooklyn College for four years. Um, okay. Uh, I think a week after I, my last game as a senior I was out recruiting um with my with my college coach and you know kind of got it to the uh, other side of the foot deal um you know that first year was an adjustment not so much the uh I think my teammates always had a certain level of respect for me because they knew how how much I cared and how passionate I was but going from being their teammate and their friend to being their coach was kind of a an adjustment at least initially um i think i, I think i handled it as, about as well as i could have but what um, it,
0: what is the what's the recruiting radius for a, a college like that
1: uh brooklyn is a commuter school so it's mostly oh, it is okay yeah it's not they they just got like after i finished playing i think my second year coaching they started that they, they built like a an apartment building but it wasn't it's not really a dorm it's more like apartment buildings for the school but we had kids from all over kids from long island Staten island um okay kids that rented apartments like one of my point of becoming one of my best friends who's an assistant coach at john jay college in the city he's actually from up in uh, binghamton um, okay. up in area so he came down there just to go to school it's really well known for its education programs it's a really big phys ed uh, school um, which okay. is why a lot of people go there um and, and how he,
0: big is that conference like how far do you have to go to play people
1: uh in our conference and at league play um yeah. the furthest team is um from brooklyn college is probably city college in new york which is like you know, the most, I guess, the most famous CUNY school from right. the 40s when they were in the NCAA tournament somehow. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all the way up in Harlem. Um, we go from – we went downtown Brooklyn to Queens, uh, a couple of schools in Manhattan. You don't schools. even have
0: to go to – you don't even have to go to Jersey. You don't have to go across the bridge then even, huh?
1: Uh, Just to stand Island was only for, for,
0: okay. for conference.
1: Out okay. of conference, we went to New Jersey. Like, I think I played at almost every Division three college in New Jersey at some point. Uh, okay. Because that's that – you for your out-of-conference games, that's going to be the longer trips you take, like – down to richard stockton which is in like atlantic city stockton college now but uh that, okay. that's probably the furthest trip we took um and then when we, we we actually won our conference we went to uh st lawrence uh university which is based, uh all the way upstate it's like around the corner from canada and then uh that and then we went to rochester the next year so okay. a couple, couple of different schools but, you know it's a different it's definitely a different feel than uh we didn't have the long bus rides. You don't about. have
0: the long bus rides. So then what? So th- so then you did that for four years. Then what?
1: After the after my third year coaching at, at Brooklyn, uh, my head coach ended up stepping down. Um, a lot of people thought I was gonna get the job. Uh, they, uh, didn't. It might have been told I was a little bit too young. I was only 25 at the time. Right. Um, I ended up staying a the year the, uh, with the guy that got the job. Ridiculously tough game in the conference ch- uh, championship and double overtime. And uh, after that, I just decided that, you know, I had I done as much as, you know, I, I pretty much could um, as a, an assistant coach that, You know, I brought in 21 kids in four years. I brought in a few thousand point scores, uh, tournament MVP. So, you know, I I had done a lot of recruiting and um, I wanted a chance to run my own program. And I was fortunate, someone stepping down from a high school position uh, recommended me to their athletic director. And he actually reached out to me and I went in for an interview. Uh, And then, you know, I was fortunate. He's actually a guy from Madison, Wisconsin, who was teaching in New York City. I think he was a college athlete. He, he kind of sensed that bond in me, and um, he took a chance on me, and I'm, I was really fortunate for that. So uh, I've been there for – I just completed my fifth season at uh, Adam Shute Academy.
0: Okay, and how big is this school you're at right now?
1: Uh, so something that's uh, probably unfamiliar to most of the, the country is that New York is, is really big on – New York City in general is really big on um, shared campuses. Um, so the the building that the our, all my boys go to school in is – there's three high schools in that building. Three separate high schools. It's, it's extremely common in New York City. That's why you know a lot of them are called uh, are called campuses. They're campus schools. So like they're they just you know this first teaching job I had was actually at a campus school in Manhattan where there was five schools. Every floor was a different school.
0: They're just trying to make it smaller so the kids are more connected. Or what are they trying to do there? I,
1: I'm not a uh, I'm not an educational policy. I think okay. the, I think the theory is that the smaller school the smaller classes more attention no
0: no, no that's just interesting so w- when you hear like ps12 that that's for elementary schools
1: yeah so generally like ps is uh k-5 an is an intermediate school or junior high school is six to eight and those are
0: all numbered uh
1: for the most part yeah, um, yeah. i teach i actually don't teach at adam street i teach at a, a k-8 um, gifted and talented school okay so that's like that has the entire school kindergarten eighth grade but my building is also a campus where there's okay. two schools in my building as well and then
0: what what what's the what happens when you have three schools in a campus? Is it like different lunch times? Different like yeah, they're,
1: did... they're staggered everything. Um, we split the gym, so one one side of the school, one side of the gym is always my school. The other side is is always another school, and the uh, the third school is a smaller um, school that's just for special education students.
0: Okay. And
1: they kind of like, they know when we're not in the gym and they just go in there. They kind of work work with us to get their own time. kind of. And how many
0: baskets in court? How big is your court? Like that, that intrigues uh, me in New York.
1: The school that I teach at, I have yeah. my side of the gym. We have three baskets. If I were to, you know
0: okay no but in your high school
1: oh we have six we have six you'll see in some of the clips i show later our gym is actually really nice and uh, i'll show you clips of gyms that are not so nice Um, uh, i know we
0: were talking about one point that you take like when you go on the road you go on you jump on you jump on a bus i mean you jump on the subway
1: oh yeah yeah we um i know that it's probably common for um schools outside of new york city probably get on their own school bus and drive to and from games my kids get they get on the train they'll get on the train or the bus more, more more likely of the train, and they'll just, right at the school, they meet up in the lobby, and then my captains make sure everyone gets to the train, and we go from there.
0: And do you, do you just, and then when the game's over, you talk to them, and then they just go off on their own? Yeah, pretty yeah. much.
1: Gen- generally, um, there's, a lot of schools aren't too far from trains, so it's not really a, an issue, and plus... You know all of our kids will be going they live all over brooklyn but the, our school is in uh, adam street's in downtown brooklyn so it's like i don't know 25 steps from the brooklyn bridge so it's like where they go to where they go to school is like a hub where any train can go so right. often they will head that way anyway together and then they kind of split off okay going, but- no i think that's
0: a compliment i think that's a compliment to new york kids they're just kind of on they they they, they they're, they're, that's just assume that they're gonna do that there's right. an independence with that that's great as, as someone that hasn't done that you're you as a coach lose a little bit of that interaction like getting on the bus yeah i'm
1: i'm sure my guys would tell you that we practice enough so yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we make we make up for it there's
0: enough there's enough coach time that's that's true We,
1: we, we try to make up for it as best we can
0: um and uh so do you always like so if you if you have to share the high school do you always have to go early? You go after school? Do you have to go late? How does um, that work? The
1: the schools are the uh, the the schools in the campus all get out at different times. So oh okay. Our, our school is the um it's the where my boys go to school is the Urban Assembly School of Law and Justice. Okay. Um, it's actually a really good academic high school, and uh, there's an all girls high school in there, which is another Urban Assembly school. Which is the Urban Assembly is a really big network of schools. Okay. Makes sense. There's like 30 urban assembly schools throughout New York city. And then, uh, the, and I, again, a special ed school is in the building. So they, they don't really, um, gym time after school. They don't, their students aren't really doing that. They're in other programs. Right. But our girls, the, the girls school gets out first. Okay. So, you know, they're lucky because they can have girls from the girls team and from, from uh, girls from the girls school and our, in our school, whereas, you know, we can't really get girls from the girls team to play for our team right so like we only have we have less students to pick from if that makes sense yeah it does Um,
0: hey everybody hope you enjoyed it make sure you subscribe like jump up and down review do whatever you got to do also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better have a great And uh so the girls they get out first, so they go out every day
1: right at the school. So we, we come down, I, I generally get down to school, driving down there, takes me about a half hour. Um, and I uh we have study hall from three forty five to five fifteen and then we go practice five thirty to seven thirty.
0: So you you have to go from where you're teaching to get to the high school then.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that.
0: And is that hard for you to not be in the same school?
1: I don't think so. Um, I was fortunate. One of my uh, really good friends worked at that school just as a coincidence. And then he was going to uh, help me out from jump. So I got in, you know, he was kind of like my eyes in the building. And then I think that I definitely had a different approach than the other coach did you know, in terms of like being a lot more no-nonsense. Like, I had to real serious, like what I wanted and things like that. So I think that my, um, how I approach things, I, I needed to earn my stripes a little bit. And then after I earned right. my stripes, the, the teachers started looking out for me. The dean started looking out for me. So like it became really quick. Like they, they knew by probably like the middle of my first year there that it wasn't going to make more than a period what happened in school without me finding out about it. So like best that it didn't happen. And,
0: that, and that's the only thing I have a hard, that, that's how I tell some young coaches. That's the hard, that's the only hard part is if you got, if you can have a pulse, it's good. Cause I've, I've put out a thousand brush fires in my school of <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I I think that our our deans kind of helped us out with a lot of that. Um, um just in general, like we've always had. And one of, I actually ended up getting one of my best friends a job in that school to be the phys ed teacher, and um, you know, he ended up being one of my assistant coaches, so he was there. And, that helps. Know, yeah, I've been I've been fortunate that I I, uh, I don't think I could have more of a, like a feel of what uh what's going on in the program and with the boys if I was there. Other than I. I have to wait a couple hours to respond to any potential situations but then again you know they might have gotten an angry text or two before i got it <laughs>
0: and sometimes it's better maybe to cool down too um yeah, so let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might be a good cool maybe they, they might be happy that it's like a cooling down process that's so do you th- do you drive a car or do you jump in you drive
1: yeah i drive i drive it's because uh, i actually i my first year there, I was still teaching in the city. It was actually like a train ride away from where um, where uh, Adam Street is, so it was super easy. I was getting there every day at three ten.
0: Um, okay, they
1: don't they don't even get out of school till three thirty, so that was uh, that was easier. But then I I was fortunate. I got a, an opportunity to work at like a really good um, gifted and talented school, which was just the best thing for my teaching career.
0: Right, um, and then and so where do you park?
1: I got in really good with the school safety agents and. They, they started holding me down very very nicely they got some gear i, I promise but uh they, they would definitely put some cones out for me
0: okay that's that's the key yeah i know i do that shoot I, we, you should see our parking lot it's huge and i still when i go home for lunch or something i just i literally people won't move cones really they really won't move cones because they don't want to get out of their car to move in, the in cones. new york
1: they definitely do
0: move cones but like do.
1: we're outside the, Outside the school, that you can't really park there until four o'clock anyway, because like the school parking rules. Okay. So, like, there's a, they're kind of told by the school safety agents. It's best you leave before I get it moved, kind of thing. You know what I mean?
0: That's good. It's like the secretary. Knowing the right people that make the school. That's a that's a key thing for building any program too. Is knowing who runs the school and they run the school and the secretaries run the school and yeah, you know, the, so, the right what, people. But,
1: it all, it all came with earning my stripes. You know, my first year, like, they used to try to rush me out of the gym because it was their time to go. And as, you know, they saw what I was doing and the impact that the program was having, it kind of lessened and lessened. And now, you know, by, by this year, I was getting away with a lot. I, I, was, I, was trying, I was trying to ease up on taking up too much time. I felt like I was stealing.
0: Right, I know. I, I hear you. Okay, so let's talk about building a program. Let's. I think this is this is good because um, I think we've given people kind of a background of of you. What uh, What do you think the key was when you walked in? And then and then you can share and do whatever you want. But when you walked in, what do you think one of the keys was? And how and how had the program done previously?
1: Um, so school wasn't that old. It was, um, I think when I got there, they were in their 11th year of just like the school. The, the, okay. building, the building that the school is in, which is probably really interesting to people outside of New York City, actually used to be like a really big New York City courthouse. And they, they ended up building a new courthouse and they like, transferred it to a school, transformed it into a school. Okay. Okay. Uh, people actually on the door to the school, it still says this is not a courthouse go around the corner. Or, it oh, it does. Um, it's probably so, still,
0: some people probably haven't been in the, in the yeah, yeah, that's it interesting.
1: Used to, it used to be family court. And in the 11 years before I had gotten there, um, it was, they had one, I'm sorry, yeah, 11 years, they had 14 wins total. Um, okay. and they had just gotten there, those 14 wins in the two years previous to me, you know, prior to me getting there. Um, okay. so like, they had a lot of years where like stories, the coaches that I ended up coaching against used to tell me, is like, this was the game our managers were playing. Um, uh, uh, so. so
0: that's good. Those I'm telling, I tell young coaches, that's not a bad gig to take over either. Those like my, I was the only applicant for my job. Like those aren't bad jobs as long as you go in with a plan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know i i think that's one of the things that both um intrigued my the athletic director that hired me and uh it's kind of scared him a little bit because i came in with like a, a little portfolio i guess would be right. like a an outline not as big as i had when i'd been on college interviews but you know, it was, there there was some stuff in there, and I, I think that he he knew that the program had never seen something like that before. So you know, intrigued by how that could go, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was tough. You know, I came into a, a situation where I had played and coached in coaching college. I had been in college basketball for eight years prior to that, between playing and coaching, and leaving one of the most athletic teams in probably the region. We had you know we just had a really good season, had 20 wins you know should have won our conference championship and I came into the first day uh, and my first tryout at Adam Street I don't think I uh, could have hit a left-handed layup so it was definitely an adjustment but I think that I I laid the groundwork from the the first meeting I had in September um, prior to like you know when they're introducing the new coach and things like that I, I came in and I, I kind of outlined you know what the what the vision was and, and what was going to be you know acceptable and not acceptable and kind of like a I guess like my, what would be my Coach Carter moment. Minus, right, yeah, your
0: your your speech on the mountain kind of thing. Yes, I love that.
1: Yeah, um, you know, and, and and from there it was just about, um, you know, hitting the ground running in my first year. We, you know, I could tell that we had some, some kids who probably would have been a lot better if the, you know, problem with New York City basketball, I think, other than the fact that it's become a lot more commercial than it should be. Um, is that what do you
0: mean by commercial
1: the amount of trainers and the kids who have handlers and my guy and this guy and you know especially in the the social media era has has really hurt youth basketball a lot more than it's helped and and I'm not talking about AAU because I I coach AAU with the New York Jayhawks and and I'm I'm a big proponent of of you know AAU basketball when it's done the right way like I think that we have just in general like kids don't play enough I played I've been playing basketball on a team since I was in third grade right like i i tell my guys all the time year i don't know what it's not like to not have a basketball season and right hopefully you know the way things are looking that might be the first year i don't this, have
0: a world literally a world pandemic is the only thing that would shut yeah, those trainers I've down been, and shut summer aau down literally this is it this yeah, is what it took i haven't
1: yeah. not had a basketball season in the fall since i was in third you know probably second right. or third grade i've been playing travel basketball um and that's just not common around here so the kids that think that they're better than they are just because they're the best player in their gym class of bad basketball players or the best player in their park with bad players or they right. on their block you know what I mean like when they're nothing to compare to and I think that I my my first year especially I severely underestimated how important experience was regardless of what the experience was like how important it is experience
0: oh, it's, yeah. Is it, yeah i say the best thing about a sophomore is they become a junior right <laughs> the, yeah just, The best thing about Jersey. yeah <clears throat> unless you've been in the war you don't like yeah the experiences right. yeah.
1: just the amount of kids that I, I had my first year that were sophomore junior seniors that just did not know things that right i had i was taught in like sixth grade right you know, um it just it, i wasn't prepared for that as prepared for that as i should have been and how do
0: kids come to your school do they get to choose the school is it a neighborhood school? I mean, how does New York City schooling work? Well,
1: they're, they're, they've kind of gotten away from zone schools because um, kind of like a, an equity thing, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Like, okay. you know, there's some really good schools in the city that if you don't live in the neighborhood, you, you're you're not going to get into just because you're not zoned for it. I, and I think that became a problem from probably the, the lower-income neighborhoods where students definitely could handle themselves. And, and you can get wrong.
0: anywhere you need to get to. It's just a matter of if you want to, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. but... It,
1: I think when I was in high school, everything was still zoned. Okay. And then, um, I guess the, during the time I was in college, it kind of went away from that. And it became more of like a citywide application process and how you rank it. And then, then if you were zoned for it, you got more preference, but it wasn't the end-all, be-all.
0: Right. If you um, live across the street from your school, you have a better chance if you want right, to go in yeah. there yeah okay
1: but um where where our boys go to school is um i mentioned before is a really good academic school and uh they have i think they accept 110 freshmen every year okay uh, um or something like that and they have over a thousand applicants for those seats every year Um, every year
0: okay and who decides that somebody downtown or somebody within
1: a lot it's a lottery and a lot of that is because the school is is uh well known for how good it is at um its college readiness and um you know preparing kids for the application process. They, there's right. a nonprofit attached to the school that their sole job is to just help kids with their college application process from their junior year on. Like Oh, that's all, awesome. That's all, awesome. Yeah, it's all those people do is, is is work with students, juniors and seniors on their college on their college stuff.
0: Trust me, I just went through that with my son and it's like, oh my God, I'm just so happy that the <laughs> writing the essays done and oh my God. It's just Yeah. Oh. Um,
1: so, and the school and the way New York City basketball is set up, and I guess it, the, the easiest way to think about it is on wherever you're at in Wisconsin or Illinois or wherever, they probably have classes. Um, of, and that's just based strictly on school size, if yep. I'm understanding. There's that in New York City basketball. It's, there's double A, A, and B. Okay. Um, and B is the smallest class in New York City. I think C there's C and D divisions up in upstate New York, but not around here. Okay. Um, but there's a lot more influence about like who can go up and who can go down. Some some schools that aren't aren't big enough to be A schools and A schools are just because you know, they either know somebody or the school has had a re- very reputable program or right. whatever the case may be um and then there's a lot of schools that there, there's there's no equity in terms of like who can some schools are really hard to get into right. and some kids are you know some schools are not you know and some schools can get anybody in now you think about that in college like yeah the, the ivy league and the patriot league is really right. hard to get into but they're only playing against each other you know what i mean for their conferences you know schools in my conference and our there's divisions, the, the b division we're, we're a b division school really small school less than 500 kids there, there's a b division that's just in the entire city, and every borough has there has divisions. Right. Yes, I, I guess we call the B division the conference, and then yep. everything else is divisions.
0: Um, so, so you play everybody. You play everybody in B, probably in Brooklyn, just about.
1: We well, so we put there's four there's four division B divisions in Brooklyn, uh, west, north, east, south. Oh, okay. Um, okay. We're west. We're west. Um. B, we're Brooklyn B West, like I said. We're basically okay. in Clinton. Yep. so every year you play your division twice, and then you play a crossover division once okay so but there are kids there are schools in my division that can literally get anybody they want into the school whereas it's a lottery system to get kids into my school so it's right. like it's not equitable in terms of like
0: that level
1: yeah level competition and things like right. that and then you can i don't know if it's big out anywhere but new york city but charter schools have taken over taken over new york city and they're they're starting to play in are the they game.
0: public charter or are they run by a company
1: i'd never know the answer to that okay Okay, <laughs> uh, but I, know, I know a good amount of them are in the PSAL, which is the okay. public league. Okay. And, um, again, they're not fair because there are, there are charter schools that are, that are B division schools, and that's supposed to be done by school size. But what's common in charter schools is that they're, they have different campuses. So where my school can only pick a, a school of 475 kids, right. half of, you know, more than half of which are girls, they have three or four schools of 500 kids that can all play for that one team right basically in that sense they're more than a b division class
0: yeah that's it
1: just, crazy a, Yeah, i can go on for a long time <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's not, like that
0: every coach that's listening to this dude can tell you probably six stories of their state too i could tell you stories too yeah um, i mean
1: yeah. i'm sure everybody has their own uh, yeah their
0: own they have their own cross they got to bear um so okay, so you came in, and then then so what? So let's talk about building the program. What do you think were some keys? What what are some stuff you could share with listeners?
1: I think that I made it clear from from my first day that I, I had come from a college program, and and college basketball is all I know, and so that's what I, I was going to run it like a college program. And um, it gave
0: you street cred, to be honest with you, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: actually playing basketball is like. Uh, playing a kid in, in my old school where I taught at first is how I got my first full-time job, but that's a, that's right. a different story for yeah. us. Um, but I, I was just very adamant about like, you know, we were going to play the right way. And, and I think the biggest thing for, for our success, you know, I told them from day one is that we had to be, um, be clear about what separated us from everybody else. Um, New York city, you know, the, the, the mantra of, them having the toughest guards and things like that for the most part true like you know more a lot more street balls played here and but that's also how the high school basketball is played here for the most part right um, and if
0: you or that you can win
1: right and not so much that but but i wanted them to know that it wasn't about winning or losing games it was more about like how we did it and <clears throat> more often than more more so than not like i was in very i was fortunate enough to have a lot of help in our program you know i i had I asked, like I said, I had a friend who worked there when I first started, and I got a friend a job, and then my first year, one of my friends just wanted to coach, so he got on, and so I, I think I did a really good jo- um, job surrounding them. You know, young people, and, and to an extent, like my, my schools, my boys are all uh, minority students, um, and I, I had a couple of my friends who were also minorities, looked like them, successful, played basketball college degrees and i think that was important for them to see too and for them to be a part of the program um you know one of them actually just graduated from law school he just graduated from michigan law the other day
0: wow and he was yeah that's a big, the real deal big, michigan big, law is a real deal yeah big,
1: uh, he's, he's a big deal dave Lewis. but he was <laughs> a big part of our program the first two years um and I think a lot of it was that because he looked like them, was working for a law firm at the time, could tell them things that, you know, the the New York City gang culture is very popular still. And not that my boys are ever involved in that, but they they live in those kind of neighborhoods and they know. Um, and he would tell them stories about he used to work on a gang task force and here's X, Y, Z of what happened. And
0: it kind of brought in their horizons. So. Hey, everybody, hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down, review, do whatever you got to do. Um, also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great. 18 plus.